With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hello, High Wire Woman. It's Rosanna Berardi here with another fun and fascinating podcast. Today, I have a really special guest, Javasia Harris-Bowser. And in 2008, Javasia was struck by a car while crossing a busy street in Louisville, Kentucky, where she was working. And while she was hit, her reaction was, this will make a great column in the newspaper. And (laughs) I love this story because I think so many of us working women are so entrenched in what we do that even at these crazy moments of our lives, we're always thinking, you know, how can I spin this? So welcome, Javasia. Super happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure. So Javasia, just as background, is from Birmingham, Alabama. She graduated from the journalism programs at the University of Alabama and at University of California at Berkeley. She's been a reporter, a columnist, freelance writer, USA Today, Birmingham Magazine. She's a breast cancer survivor, and she founded C. Jane Wright. It's an award-winning website and community for women who love to write and blog in 2011. So, Devisa, you and I have a ton in common. I was an English major when I went to college, and because I just love to read and write. I never knew what I was going to do with that. I pursued law school, but absolutely love to read and write. And I'm a big proponent. My day job, I'm an immigration lawyer. People always say, how do I get to the top of, you know, the Google ranks? And I'm like, blog, 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 <laughs> like blog, right? It's effective. Everyone can do it. It's just a matter of getting your head around. So Javasia, welcome. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but tell us a little bit about you and, and Birmingham, Alabama in August and and all that good stuff. Well, in Birmingham, it's hot, but not just in August, pretty much almost every month it's hot. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm from Birmingham. I live here now, but I've lived other places, California, Kentucky, Seattle. I came back here in 2009 and I came back here to teach actually, but I knew that I wanted to keep writing. So I was a reporter in Louisville, Kentucky. That's when that whole getting hit by a car thing happened. I'm Uh, glad you're fine. I'm glad you survived it. Yes, I'm fine. Definitely. But I left my newspaper job to move back to Birmingham to teach because teaching is something that I always wanted to do. But as I said, I knew I also wanted to continue to write. But I also know that writing while you're juggling it with something else, or really writing, period. It's very difficult if you don't have a group of people cheering you on. I feel like writing is very much, even though people consider writing a solitary act, I feel like it's very much a communal act. And so I was looking for a writing group for women and the kind of group I was looking for, I just couldn't find. And so in 2011, I started my own and that's how CJ Wright came about. And I love that. So High Wire Women, you know, there's so many things that we're always doing and looking for groups. And, you know, when you can't find things, sometimes I think that's a divine sign for you to start your own. And that's just what Javasia did. In in 2011, I was looking through your website today. You know, you just met with some women, right, that were interested in writing. And that's where C. Jane Wright 
an award-winning blog and place for women who like to write was born in 2011 from a dinner at a local Mexican restaurant. So (laughs) tell us about C. Jane Wright. Tell us about the name. Tell us all about it and why, you know, women can tap into it and how it works. So the name is a play on those old Dick and Jane books. I'm dating myself here because I noticed that younger people, when I say that, they have no idea what I'm talking about. But, I know what you're talking about. But for those of you who remember those books, you remember they would say like, see Jane run or see Jane jump or whatever. So it's a play on that. So that's where the name comes from. But the way it works, so see Jane Wright started out is really just me wanting to hang out with other women writers. Mm-hmm. But When I had that first meeting at the Mexican restaurant, someone started talking about Twitter and how Twitter was really useful for writers. And then other people at the table said, no, Twitter's dumb. And so so then someone else turned to me and said, Javasia, our next event should be a workshop on Twitter. And I was like, oh, crap, they want a next event. I had the next event and it was a workshop on Twitter. And about 40 women showed up. And then after that, I had a workshop on blogging and 75 women showed up. Wow. And it just kept growing and growing. And at that point, it was a local thing. So it was here in Birmingham sure. for Birmingham women. But then word started to get out about it. And people outside of Birmingham, outside of Alabama, even people outside of the country were asking me about CJ and Wright and how they could be a part of it. And so then we started to do a lot of virtual workshops okay. and virtual meetups, which came in handy last year when everything had to be virtual. Sure. So the ways that people can get connected, there's the paid membership program, mm-hmm. which gives you access to a resource library, group coaching, critique sessions, write-ins, and all of this. But we also have free things available, such as our Facebook group, which is the CJ Wright Network. And those are the main two ways to get involved. So either the paid membership or you could just do the free Facebook group. And then I also offer one-on-one coaching as well to people who, who want to take it a step further. So tell us about blogging. Like, why is it important? How is it used? I'm familiar with how it's used in business, but you're the expert. so. You know, people say to me when I I just taught a a course to entrepreneurs about marketing on a shoestring budget. And I said, blog, blog your face off because Google loves new content. And, you know, I get the big eye roll like, well, who's going to do that? And what am I going to write about? And so tell us a little bit about blogging and and how it's useful and why people should do it. So there are two different sides to that. One is what you were talking about. So it's good marketing. You know, if you think about SEO, if you're writing content with SEO in mind, then yes, it is great marketing. But then the other side of that is for writers, in addition to it being a way to sort of get your name out there. So just just as a business is marketing itself, a writer needs to market Mm -hmm. herself as well. So it's a way to get your name out there. But on top of that, it's also good just for you to do because writing is a practice, meaning that every time we wake up and we pick up the pen or we pull out the laptop, Mm -hmm. every single thing you write isn't supposed to be the next bestseller. 
Like that's just not realistic, right? You have to practice. You have to develop a writing regimen. You have to keep working at this just as an athlete goes to practice, just as a musician rehearses, you've got to practice. And I believe blogging is a great place to do that. So in addition to it helping you get your name out there, it really can improve your writing skills. And tell me, you know, people are always like, well, what would I blog about? You know, I don't know. I don't have anything to say. Like, where do you start people? Like if you say, you know, say you've got me like an English major. I haven't been in school in a really long time, but I love to write. And yeah, we do business writing. But to me, I find writing to be very therapeutic as well. Mm-hmm. When people say, well, I don't know, like, what am I going to blog about? Like, what are some suggestions you may have? I usually start with trying to get to know that person to figure out what their values are, what they're passionate about, but also what people typically turn to them for advice on. And so the key is to find the intersection between those two things, something that you're really interested in, but also something that people consider you an expert in for whatever reason. And when I say expert, that doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I'm an expert in, I don't know, spreadsheet. Right, <laughs> right. Because right, sure. no one wants to blog about that. But it could be you homeschooled your kids. Mm-hmm. And so maybe your friends consider you an expert in that because you've homeschooled all your kids and they turned out to be great, wonderful citizens. Right. Right. So, and if that's something that you're very passionate about, then that is something that you could blog about. So again, it's really about finding that intersection between things you're passionate about and things that people ask you about. Yeah. And for me, so I'm a Disney fanatic. We've been going to Disney three or four times a year for, you know, the last decade. And I love Disney and I love planning Disney. Most people hate that. So in my small circle, people come to me and say, okay, I'm going to Disney how do I do this? Like, where do I start? Where do I stay? Do I stay on property? off property? And I just light up, like I can't stop talking. So on my to-do list, when, you know, I have a little bit more time, I love to have a blog just on Disney tips, right? There's probably a million of those already, but no one has my perspective. So like, right, exactly. I would love writing about that. I would love that. To me, that's easy and it's not work. It's more of a passion project. Right. And what you just said is key because a lot of people say, well, oh, I could blog about this, but there's so many blogs out there about that already. And the thing is, like, there are a lot of blogs out there about anything. Like, anything you can think of, no matter how weird you think it is, there's probably lots of blogs out there already about it. But what makes it different is going to be your perspective, your personal story, your anecdote. That's what's going to set it apart. Yeah. And Highwire Women, I can tell you, you know, I do a lot of media now for my immigration law firm. But when I first started thinking about dipping my toes into media, you know, one of my competitors had done a lot of it. And I was like, well, someone's already doing it. Maybe I shouldn't bother. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try. And I brought a different edge to it, right? I'm a woman. First of all, I have a lot of energy on camera and I did it my way. And he still does some of his, his way, but there's always room for someone else. Right. And as long as you know that, and you can't be discouraged when you Google like, oh, Disney blogs, and you see there's 48,000 of them, right. You bring something unique to the table. So tell us a little bit about, you know, women that you work with, they're interested in writing. Do you have people that actually take their blog and then grow it into a business of some sort? 
Yes. And there are different ways to do that. So some people will make money from the actual blog through sponsored posts or affiliate links and things like that. But some of them will also take whatever their niche is and kind of develop a product or service from that and then start making money that way. Also, some people will use their blog to get their name out there so that they can start doing paid speaking engagements and hosting events and things like that. And then, of course, because we're writers, the women in my group, most of them want to or already have written books. And so they can make money off of that as well. Cool. So tell me how you focus on writing when we live in a world that there is something pinging and dinging every 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> do you lock up your cell phone? Like, I mean, I agree with you. Writing is very personable and you need to be quiet, but then you also want to interact to have people read what you wrote. But in this world of noise, I have a re- I'm terrible at turning things off and just focusing. What do you recommend for us women who have their brain on a hamster wheel all day long? There are a few different answers for that. So I write for a living because I'm a full-time freelancer okay. at this point. I left my teaching job in 2019 to freelance full-time. So I write for a living. So the deadline and the need for a paycheck, <laughs> that's <laughs> enough to get me focused. But I will say on the other side of that is I'm also working on a book right now. And it's a book that I'm going to self-publish, which means that I don't have the deadline from a publishing company that has given me an advance, right? Got it. So that means I have to be completely self-disciplined in order to make this happen. And it can be really difficult at times, Mm. but what I will typically do, I kind of go back and forth between, sometimes I'll just do writing sprints where I'll just block off a short period of time and just do a little bit of writing or a little bit of editing. And then some days, this usually happens on the weekend, I will block off a large chunk of time to work on it. And really, as far as like what can make you do it, it's just about reminding yourself of your why. And that goes for anything that we're doing, right? Whether it's committing to exercise or eating right or whatever. Reminding yourself, okay, why do I want to write this book? Why do I want to publish this book? I think it also helps. It goes back to community. It helps to tell other people that you're working on it. My husband is very supportive. And when I'm having one of those marathon writing sessions, he will, you know, make sure that I'm sitting down (laughs) and actually writing. But he'll also like bring me lunch to make sure I'm feeding myself. Very nice. What a good man. So yeah, having that support is helpful too. And sometimes I'll even use social media to keep myself accountable. So when Mm -hmm. I'm doing one of those marathon sessions, I may talk about it in my Instagram stories and I'll be like, okay, guys, I'm trying to write X amount of words today. I'll keep you posted on how it goes. And that kind of makes me want to stick with it because I don't want to come back on the story and be like, okay, I wrote a <laughs> hundred words. Yeah. Total failure. Sorry. Right. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Tell me how we're almost post pandemic. We're getting there here in August Literally. of 2021, <laughs> but you know, people had a lot more time a year ago to focus on things like writing and, and how have you seen writing 
evolve over the years? I mean, are, are people still doing it? We're, we live in this digital age where, you know, if you need an article on something or whatever, you can find it so quickly. Are you still seeing a whole lot of people involved in writing or looking to write? Yes, absolutely. That has not changed at all. <laughs> so. That's great. Yeah. And for me as a lawyer, when we're hiring people, I will give preference to an English major any day over the political science major or the pre-law major, because if you can't write, you cannot practice law. You can have great philosophical debates about, you know, the theory of government and constitutional law, but if you can't write about it in my industry, forget it. So we've actually pivoted and we're stalking English majors (laughs) right now because the power of the written word, I don't care how much technology we have, right? it still boils down to being able to communicate and write. Right, exactly. So if our High Wire Women listeners are interested in learning more about your writing community, you know, if you're a closet English major like I was, and, (laughs) you know, you still like to write for fun, or if you're just looking for a new hobby or something to check out, tell us the best place to find this information. So you can go to our website, and that's cjanewright.net. You can also, if you're on Facebook, Search for CJ Wright Network so that you can join our free Facebook group. And if you're on Instagram, follow me on Instagram at CJavasia Wright, always on Instagram. <laughs> so those are the best ways to get connected. Great. Well, listeners, I'll certainly have all of those links in our show notes today. So Javasia, I know that you're a busy woman. You've got a lot of things going on. Tell us about like one thing that you can't live without. Like, is it coffee? Is it yoga? Is it You know, what's your one thing that really, really keeps you focused? My planner. (laughs) Oh, an old school planner with a pen and paper. Yes, I use an old school planner. I use the day designer, but I cannot live without this thing. It is how I juggle all the different writing assignments and all the things going on with CJ and Wright and working on my book and my personal life. And when I was still teaching full time is how I was able to juggle all of that stuff I just named with teaching full time. I cannot live without my planner. I just can't. Okay. So all of, all of the snarky people listening are going to say, well, what if you lose your planner? What's your response to that? Because everyone's so digital these days. I will never lose my planner. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response. (laughs) There's something about paper to pen. I don't care how much we advance in technology, something about paper to pen. I have to print out my schedule every day. I have to write on it. Right, exactly. I mean, I have all of my appointments and my Google calendar as well, but I still need my planner because my planner also has a space, like you said, where you can write out your to-dos for that particular day. Also, I use it to schedule when I'm going to do each and everything that I have to do. Because I was a teacher for 10 years, so I literally lived my life in class periods. Yeah. So that has kind of stuck with me. And so even though I'm not a teacher anymore, I still live my life in class periods. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing, right? Keeps you organized. So thank you, Javasia. We're super excited to learn more about your CJ and Wright community. I'm going to Hop on Instagram and follow you and the Facebook group as well. We're really happy that you're here today promoting something near and dear to my heart, pen to paper and good old-fashioned writing and blogging. Anyone can do it. So (laughs) Highwire women, don't be afraid. Put your phones down, please. Your phones (laughs) down. Let yourself think. Look out the window. Write about something you love, whether 
you think it's ridiculous or not. I think writing like that can change the world for the better. So thank you, Javasia. We appreciate all of your great tips and we look forward to your book that will be coming out soon. Thank you so much. (laughs) 